We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, 11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. Keeping an eye on the coaching carousel in the NFL. So far, two coaches have been fired. Lovey Smith of the Houston Texans, and then in the last 10 minutes, Cliff Kingsbury out as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. They just gave him an extension 10 months ago. <laughs> him and their GM and Kyler. And the coach is out. The GM reportedly might be getting demoted. And they're stuck with Kyler Murray, who's got an ACL injury, by the way. Awesome time to be in Arizona, I guess. My goodness. Where are we ranking that man. job? Remember we just talked about the worst jobs to take? Where's the uh, Arizona yeah, one rank? J.J. Watts retiring. Had two sacks yesterday. He's out. D-Hop's still there. But he's not getting any younger. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Luckily for them, that division's not, you know, the Rams are getting, you know, the Rams are a mess. Seattle, you still don't know about them long-term. And so it's not the worst division in the world to suddenly be in. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what direction that uh, the Arizona Cardinals head in. So we'll keep an eye out. That's five openings now in the NFL. What, Arizona, Houston, uh, the Colts, we assume, will end up not keeping Jeff Saturday. He was an interim coach. Carolina, and then, of course, the Denver Broncos. We assume, but I didn't assume they'd hired <laughs> Jeff enough. Saturday in the first place. Fair so. Enough. Fair enough. And it feels like Jim Irsay definitely feels like one of the guys who would just be like, no, I was right and you were wrong, and I'm going to keep Saturday another year. Although they they have to still abide by the Rooney rules before they can hire him permanently. They can do the interim part, but they have to still abide by those rules in order to do it. So, I don't know. It's a The NFL is a mess. You know the bad teams because they make it very obvious for themselves. Like you said, the Cardinals never having a coach longer than six years tells you all you need to know about the Cardinals. It's not just them. It's not just all the coaches you're hiring. Part of it is your process and what you're doing to end up in that process to get you there. From coach, from teams that are firing coaches to teams that are in the playoffs, and now that we know the path that everybody's going to have to go through if they're going to go on a magical run to Arizona, ironically enough, uh, to play in the Super Bowl and win it, uh, how many teams can actually go in and do that? Now, throughout the season, every couple months or every couple weeks, I think we check in, like, now how are we feeling? Like, who, do you, who do you think? Now, now we actually know... Who it is. The Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorites, by the way, heading into the postseason. They've been the favorites the last two weeks or so. They were not preseason favorites. That was the Buffalo Bills. The Bills do still have the second best odds. But how many teams can actually go and win a Super Bowl? I think it's interesting because of what we've discussed about the AFC versus the NFC. I've said for much of this season, and I still feel this way, the Super Bowl winner is going to come from the AFC. I, you, you can argue about which team's coming out of the AFC. But the Super Bowl champion, because of the coaching and quarterback play, is going to be an AFC team. I, I have a hard time believing in NFC teams winning. And I, you can say, well, they, they would have been good enough to come out of the NFC. Yeah, but it's just not it's not the same road to get there. It's a much tougher road in the AFC. So I, I'm looking at that. Like I, I would rather pick you know three teams out of the AFC than I would uh, one team out of the NFC, if that makes sense. Be- just because I, I feel if you're saying, hey, you only get uh, – two teams to pick even Cody. If you're like, Hey, you only get two teams to pick to win the Super Bowl. I picked two AFC teams and it would be Kansas city and it would be Cincinnati. It'd be Kansas city and Cincinnati for me as the two teams. If you're asking that, if you're only allowed to pick two to win the Super Bowl, I would choose the bills in Kansas city, but because the bills are going to get a home game against Cincinnati. If those two teams are to face each other. And I still think the bills have the easier first round matchup, 
Yeah. Especially if, like, look, I think the Cincinnati does if Lamar doesn't play. But I still feel like the Ravens were kind of, because he started to, like, you know, show up at practice or around the facility a little bit. I think their whole plan was, if we're going to be a wild card team, and it sure looks like we're going to be a wild card team over these last few weeks, why would we rush Lamar back if that's our only chance to go in a postseason run anyway? You've seen their win-loss record over the last two years when Lamar Jackson plays and when he doesn't. I think there are probably five teams who can win the Super Bowl based on their path, but that's only as far as I'm willing to go. Three of them are in the AFC. I only think the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals can go to and can win the Super Bowl out of the AFC. I'm not saying the Chargers or Jacksonville can't win a game. I'm not saying those teams can't. I, you know, I'm not saying that they can't surprise somebody. I can't yeah. say I'm not even saying the Chargers can't get to the AFC title game based on the way they're playing. But the fact that the Chargers would have to go through a difficult game in Jacksonville, then play the Chiefs, then play Cincinnati or Buffalo in an AFC title game, unless there are unless it's a heavy upset AFC this year. Their path is impossible. And in the NFC, I'm only considering two. It's just Eagles and 49ers, and I can't believe I want to consider the 49ers. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is their starting quarterback, but their roster is great. And if there's one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan right now is apparently he can win with just about any quarterback. Purdy has 13 touchdowns to four picks, and I think you had pointed out before the show, if he were just a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick, the conversations around him would be very different. As in, should you see if you can get something for Trey Lance different? So it's, I have to take them serious because of how well they've played consistently. But it's it's those five teams and no one else. And I know that that's like, well, that's the top five seats in both conferences. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, if you're I don't think that there's of... some sneaky team down there who's going to make a run. Yeah, if you're just going off of Vegas odds. So the Chiefs are plus 330. The Bills are plus 420. The Eagles are 5-1. to one. Those are the three favorites to, to win the Super Bowl. And then it's the 49ers at plus 550. The Bengals are sitting there about 7-1. to one. And the Dallas Cowboys, a huge drop after Cincy. The Dallas Cowboys sitting at 13-1. to one. The biggest long shot to win the Super Bowl, not surprisingly, the Seattle Seahawks, 65-1. Uh, to one. That's because they're going to play the 49ers in the opening round game. And just Seattle hasn't looked all that great here in the last month or so. Uh, a lot of people on the, on the text line, 913-586-7610, saying uh, Eagles also, just because their conference isn't as good, doesn't mean they aren't as good as AFC teams. The NFC is more top-heavy. I think the Niners and Eagles are just as good as the top crop and the AFC. The one hesitation I still have about the Niners is, yeah, that it is a third-string quarterback starting. And what happens when he but has to go and win a game? But to, to what The we conference just, is easier. It's easier to get there. Right. But in a, in a championship game or in a Super Bowl, you know, at that point, of course, to a certain extent, all bets are off. I understand that. I'm just saying, which, by the way, you can make this bet. It already exists. Like, if you were asking me, AFC or NFC, which conference is going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm, I feel way more confident in placing a bet on an AFC team or the AFC because you can actually make that bet right now. AFC like minus one and a half or NFC plus one and a half in the Super Bowl. I'll take AFC minus one and a half, not even knowing who the team is over the NFC potential char- team. Yes, because honestly, let's say it's the Chargers versus the Eagles. Let's say the top seeded Eagles get through. Man, if the Chargers go through that, are you sure you don't want to believe in them as a better Super Bowl favorite? Like, a lot of this is, you know, the NFC, and part of the reason I think we have all this hesitation is, you want to talk about a group of completely unproven people outside of Tom Brady? That's the NFC playoff field. Jalen Hurts has barely even sniffed the postseason, right? This is new for them. This is new money. Like, they've just started to be good enough that he's going to get to play in postseason games. Brock Purdy certainly hasn't. 
Dak Prescott's never made it past what? The divisional round of the NFC playoffs? Like, nobody's gotten anywhere outside of Tom Brady, and I think he's on the worst team. Like, at what point am I supposed to assume that they're going to make this huge leap forward? I really think, I know it seems like most years I would tell you there's some other teams I would take serious. I don't think I would normally just take chalk. The fact that I'm taking the top three teams in the AFC and the top two teams in the NFC sounds a bit, like, it sounds like, oh, wow, Cody, ooh, big leap there. Those are the only teams you think you can make it, but it is. For this year, it is. Nick, I guess this is always good to get the third perspective. Do you think it's more or less than five that we're talking about here that have actually have a chance that you'd say can win the Super Bowl? I would Bowl. say six. Uh, it's the same five that you gave, and then I would honestly say whoever wins the Chargers-Jaguars game. You're I giving the take- Jags a chance? Yeah. Wow. I think over the last month and a half, they have been one of the top ten teams in football. And the defense, like that's what it, oh, they've had a top five defense over the last six to eight weeks. So it's not just like the idea that Trevor Lawrence is finally figuring it out. In fact, you, you look at yesterday's game or on Saturday's game, yeah. the defense carried them. Like Trevor Lawrence wasn't great, but they made big plays. I just, you've got the coaching pedigree. If we always talk about coaching quarterback, the coach has the pedigree. He has won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Trevor Lawrence, you're telling me Trevor Lawrence can't have a Nick Foles like postseason? So I am not discounting them. This would have been easier to make 24 hours ago before Brandon yeah. Staley did what he did. Yeah. But uh, I just that everything I just said about the Jaguars, the Chargers kind of goes for. They have been playing great football the last six weeks. So I go back to last year. The Bengals played great football leading into the postseason. We thought, okay, are they just hot? No, they propelled to the Super Bowl. So it wouldn't shock me to see that happening. Like your argument for the Jags is good, but you sure you want to put coach quarterback combo on Staley after no, what I he did in week 18? I wasn't talking about the coach quarterback combo. I was talking about just the football well, yeah. they've been playing down I mean, the stretch. I think Nick basically gave his answer right there on with the Chargers, but out of the th- six wild card teams because we have six this year. Out of the six wild card teams, who 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 do you think has a chance though to go the fur? Let's take the Super Bowl, but just go the go the furthest. I, Nick's answer obviously is the Chargers it sounds like or or the Jags, but the Jags are not a wild card team. So out of the six Who's your answer? I'll still I'll still say the Cowboys because of how weird and unpredictable the NFC is, and they are still playing a bad Bucks team. I understand the national narrative this morning is that the Cowboys are going to get embarrassed against Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they're going to lose, and they're going to be a laughing stock and all that. I still, if you're asking me of the six wild card teams that could end up in a title game, AFC or NFC title game, I still think it's the Dallas Cowboys is the most likely of the bunch because of the path to also get there. I mean, my goodness, the Cowboys could play the Bucks hard because they are playing they, the they, worst. The Cowboys could play right the, now. The Cowboys could play the Bucks, and then they would go play a divisional opponent in Philadelphia, who I understand didn't have Gardner Minshew, but who they just beat three weeks ago. I, you know, you and I have talked about Dak and what a quality of quarterback we think he is, but he's not the same after the injury this year. He is the most. We talk about turnovers with the Chiefs. He just gives the ball away. He's happy to. As fast as he can. He led the league in interceptions this year. He was tied with Davis Mills. Do you know how many less games Dak played (laughs) than some of the other quarterbacks? He threw more. He was injured for part of the year. That's the thing I can't get over with. And I know it. I know that the Chiefs have a turnover issue. So it's a bit rich coming from this side of the table to say a team with turnover problems can't do there. But it's a team with turnover problems like at a borderline unprecedented rate from their quarterback right now, they're just giving it away. So unless things just like tick back in for Dak, I have a hard time kind of making that leap. By the way, it is official. Not only is Cliff gone, but GM Steve Kime is going to step away to focus on health. There was already a report that Steve Kime was likely out in Arizona or was going to take a different or reduced role, but said he's going to step down to focus on health. 
health. They're so blowing the Cardinals it all up, man. Yeah. The only thing they have left is is their quarterback, who still is the biggest problem. And, and Kyle coming Murray, off a but, major injury. Um, obviously, their owner Bidwell, uh, not afraid to, to write a check uh, and is able to 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 have them go away. It's the opposite in Las Vegas, where their owner doesn't have the money, so they're going to stick with Josh McDaniels. Uh, Cardinals just gave extensions to a GM well, coach ten months ago, and they're. They need a hard ass Cliff, coach Cliff in there. Gets, I mean, they Cliff need a hard ass offensive line. Like they need the, Eric Bannemi. Dead serious. They need a guy who is not going to let Kyler act like a petulant little. That's child actually anymore. a really yeah. good point. They do kind of need someone to put his. Think about ass who he's played place. with. Think about who Kyler's played with. He played for he Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma when you have all the best players in a conference and, and, that you dominate. So you don't have to overcome adversity there. Then you get to the NFL and it's a rude awakening. And what do you do? You bring in another players coach yeah. who had no experience coaching in the NFL. You need a guy who is going to whip that kid into shape. And it's a good choice for that. If you're a chiefs fan too, you like it. The enemy gets his job and he's in the NFC. So everybody, everybody's happy in that scenario. Everybody, everybody's happy. You think the enemy is going to put up with Kyler's temper tantrums. I would I like know. to see that, one report that says that. they're requesting an interview with him because all these requested interviews are occurring. And yet that one's not there. Yeah. Not yet. My only thing, cause I agree with you. That's probably what Kyler needs. But it, knowing Kyler, what we know about him right now, like would he just completely break down? Like would that, in a weird way, like, I agree. I think that's what nothing Kyler, else is going to work. Right, it's what Kyler needs. But at the same time, would that combination work? Do you? Well, think? the current combination I, wasn't I understand, working. You know? I understand that, but like, what, do so you basically, th- you're asking: Is Kyler fixable, or is he correct? Doomed? Correct. Well, like, I'm going to find out way, by putting him through the ringer. Honestly, and, unless you because believe, there's probably an out on that contract somewhere, and I'm going to uh, find it in the next and, couple of years if he can't figure it out anyway. Because yeah, unless you think Kyler can completely turn everything around, attitude wise more than anything else at this point in time, I would see that uh, someone that is a hard ass going in there could also just completely be a disaster too, because he might just, oh, yeah. he's not used to it. He's been, he's at been least you'll cod- know though. He's been coddled his entire high school, college days as you laid out and NFL days for the most part. Well, Kyler Murray is a $51 million cap hit in yeah, two he, years. So you better find out pretty damn quick. If he's good. I just in 2024, he, his cap it is fifty one million dollars. He, he's not tradable. They're screwed. Com- that job well, sucks. He's, he's coming off an AS, ACL injury. He would have been tradable before the injury. Yeah, he's coming off an ACL injury. He's got the cap numbers that you just laid out there, Cody. I, I don't believe he's tradable. And even if he is, you're you you can't trade him because what are you getting? What, what well, that's you, just what, it. What you can trade. A, him. What are you getting? A fifth round pick? Right. Seriously, I mean, you're not getting a first or second for Kyler Murray right now. Hell no. Not with that contract. Not with his play. Not with the injury. It's a mess. This Cliff can end up being Saban's OC. Why don't we stick him? Um, Just I mean, right I, there. I think if Mike Kafka gets a head coaching gig out of the Giants and ends up going to with what he's done with Daniel Jones, I could see Cliff taking the OC job with the because Giants. Because if you do that and you're successful, well, it just depends. Does he want to stay in the NFL or does he want to go back guys, to college? Guys, come on. No, I already saw the text. No, I don't even know what I text you're talking you're about, good. but you know what I'm saying. Yes. Come on. No, I'm must, not, let's not even if, say it, but like, come on. No, because if Eric Bieniemy left... If Eric Bieniemy left, then Nagy becomes the OC. Yeah, so unless QB coach. Cliff Kingsbury wants to take a position coach job, suddenly I don't think he has to do that. Dude, if I were if I were Cliff Kingsbury, I would be willing to change Patrick Mahomes' bedpan if it means I get to stay in close proximity to him. I don't know why that's just Patrick riding Mahomes, a wave of yeah, success. I don't know why Mahomes is using a bedpan in this scenario, but you get the point. <laughs> You know, convenience. <laughs> I mean, he owes his whole career to Patrick Mahomes, I, I so understand. why not just come and sit on his lap for a few more years? I mean, it's not the worst play ever. Of all the times I've joked that no coach should just be like, Here's what, try uh, to be the yeah. in-waiting coach, but if you could just be like the quarterback coach for like three years in Kansas City, then the OC for like the, three years, and then right out, maybe that's the play if you're Cliff. The one thing, when you go back to what you brought up Eric Bieniemy with the Cardinals, what's interesting, since they have fired their GM, like now you get into the whole like package deal type stuff. There's two teams that have a, 
So there's only one team that has a coach and a GM opening, if I if I, if I believe that to be right, unless the Texans. Texans fire. probably will. Yeah. Right now it's just that. The Titans have a GM opening, but are obviously not firing Mike Vrabel, nor should they. They'd be so stupid. The Cardinals, it, you know, we know a lot of times you do the package deal situation. Like, does that you you had the GM and his he's got his coach in mind. So that's interesting. Like, would, if the Cardinals just want to go ahead and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go with the Chiefs model." We know Brett Veach has lost Ryan Poles last year. Do they go and try to take one of the other assistants to Brett Veach and parlay it with Eric Enemy, and that's that's the package deal? Like, I think that'll be interesting to to follow. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I really Enemy, Like now that you've said it, like if we're gonna rank once we get all these openings, what is the best fit for Enemy? Both Houston and Arizona mm-hmm. desperately need one person who's the adult in the room. You know, just one person who is like, yeah, I'm in charge of things and can handle my business. Both of those. Well, I mean, nobody. Like I mean, that's what Lovey Smith was. And he yeah. was hired just to be fired. But it sucks because I think at least if they hired the enemy, they it wouldn't be under the guise if they were immediately going to fire them. The Lovey Smith hiring was the most we are intending to fire you hiring of all time. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew he was only there for a year. Yeah, because we were all surprised when they hired him in the first place. Like, well, this is a one-year gig. Like, I hope you enjoy, like, whatever many years they give you the contract, try to get some of those later years guaranteed, because <laughs> that's going to matter. NFL uh, playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. All right, let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. You guys might have saw this come out right before kickoff. So the Browns were playing the Steelers. We know that the Steelers won the game, and they had a scenario where if, if they would have won and the Dolphins and the Patriots would have lost, then the Steelers would actually be the seventh seed. The Steelers were like two-and-a-half-point favorites. I bring up the spread because Bernie Kosar, Browns you know, legend here, also a part of the broadcast team for the Cleveland Browns organization, he was fired from the Browns radio gig. Just, you know, very end of the season. Like, why are you not letting them finish out the last game? Well, it turns out uh, he was booted from the radio gig because he bet on the Cleveland Browns $19,000 in honor of his number 19, number 19. That is the most egotistical thing ever. Ohio, Such a massive bet. Ohio legalized. <laughs> like, you well, bet $19, was, dude. It, it was like a ceremonial bet, too, because Ohio just launched sports wagering, much like we did in Kansas in September. Ohio just launched it, and so he made a $19,000 wager. Was he public honor. about it? Yeah, I mean, it's there's video of him, too. Okay, <laughs> so this isn't like a Calvin Ridley. I'm just going to do this on no, the side. No, Nobody he, will ever find out. This is literally he, he, like he's standing in front of a bunch of TV cameras, <laughs> placing a nineteen thousand dollar wager. He was at yeah. He just <laughs> he you know he he claimed he bet him at plus one twenty. He said he would donate the winnings to charity. Like he made that when he made the bet and all that. But by rule, if you're you, an NFL you're employee, an NFL which employee, if you're on the yeah, you can't. You Did can't it hit? Be, no, they lost. They lost. Oh, it was just this week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. damn. Yeah, so, loss. He, so he lost his Tough job. swing. Bernie lost his job <laughs> and the 19K. Damn. Rough. And now some children won't get to eat this week because Bernie Kosar bet on the wrong side. I was about to say, you know, if he did get canned, but that bet hit, then. Here's the thing. Nice little nest as egg. As big as sports wagering is going to be in the sport. And uh-huh. I understand. We talked about this with Calvin Ridley and, like, the protection of the sport. Just as long as you aren't a coach or player, let him bet. Who cares if Tony Romo, who broadcasts for CBS, is placing well, wagers? Because it's they, he they doesn't might have determine insi- the game. No, well, dude. Rumble, it's that they different. might have inside that, info. Correct. Also, the Romo. I know you were trying to make the broadcast. Yeah. Romo, I think can. He's not employed by by a team, right? He's not employed by the NFL. Yeah. I think Romo actually could if we really. But 
Yeah, it's, Nick, what you're saying, it's about the information. I'm with you in general. You would think, hey, if it's not a player, if it's not a coach, it shouldn't matter. But there's still a chance that you have a slight bit of insight. You, so you what? Know, Nick knew that the trainer for Jalen Daniels or whatever, I don't know, like he seemed to know somebody because he had more inside information. <laughs> wow, he might have been wagering on that. Uh-huh. I don't know who it was. I just assumed it was someone like that because you <laughs> seem to know about his injury. Maybe you knew his sister. I don't care. Yeah, way, way to really cover that wow. one out. It doesn't Dang. matter. You Damn. knew what he said after he said it. But either – but. It, like people have inside Jeez. information. This happens all the time. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I understand why the league has the policy in place. I understand. Uh, like initially, you're like, why? Why is he losing his job over it? But all, all it could be like Mitch Holtis interviews Andy Reid before. Now Andy's not like because yeah, and you, Watson's like my ankle's bad or whatever, and he finds out like yeah. there, there are you know there's a chance that there's an advantage. I get why they don't want players or excuse me broadcast members for the team to do it as well. Yes, I, I get from the outside it may seem silly at times, but there is. The integrity factor, you cannot have people believing that somebody's making wagers because of inside information. Even if it does happen, you can't have people <laughs> openly doing it at the very at minimum, right? And Bernie Kozar's out here Tough. laying 19K. Dude, the toughest part for him is that's his only gig. It's not like the reason why he's employed by that team, right? The reason why he's paid by that team is because he's a hero for that team. Like, he's not going to come be, like, a Chiefs broadcaster, if that makes sense. I don't know, man. That sucks. I think f- something tells me Bernie Kosar will be all right, though. Could somebody be, else have right. just made, like, you think so? I don't know. Because, what, didn't Bernie Kosar have, like, a, yeah, a weird so, end to his career? Sure did. Uh, he had filed bankruptcy just uh, and sold all of his... Assets oh. at one point in his but life. Good thing you think so he'll be all right. $19,000, guys. I'm, he's not hurting too bad. He's making a $19,000 wager. Okay, well, you know, not everybody gambles responsibly. <laughs> so maybe and maybe that wasn't even his money. According maybe, like, to Celebrity Net Worth, he's only worth $100,000. Wow, Gold. And you said he'll be just fine. Would you? So you're about the same net worth as you. So if you, <laughs> so if you were no, 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 like, wrong, wrong, wrong. Cody's well, actually worth yeah, actually more. That's just one year. Sal- that's, that's less true. than one year's salary yeah, for him. And Cody's got the house with three patios and stuff. Well, so this, soon to be oh, four. Four, 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 four. And brand new windows. So you're right. I mean, this is this is very true. Next thing you know, I'll be making nineteen thousand right. dollars. Are you guys familiar with Longaberger baskets? No, I honestly have no idea what that no. is. Uh, they're like the like the chic sort of baskets. They're really big in like the '90s and stuff. I gotta Google this. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Bernie Kosar dated the heiress to the Longaburger basket fortune. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. Longaburger. Longaburger. One word. Okay. Longaburger. Oh, I see. It. My I, friend's mom oh, was I, obsessed I am, with familiar, baskets. I am familiar with these baskets. Yes, oh, I have yeah. seen them in oh. many people houses in the nineties. Okay. You had said at its uh, peak in two thousand, it you heard, topped made, one million dollars in sales. They made a replica of the build. They made a, a building I, that was a replica. That's their headquarters. Yeah, it's like a big basket. I, I yeah. can't get over the fact that like you could just grow up in life being the heir to the <laughs> Longaburger <laughs> basket fortune. <laughs> that's yeah. just well, somebody has to be. That's just your lot in life. There's one of these listed the for $2,000 on eBay like it's a collector's item. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'd want to put all my eggs into that basket. Oh, jeez. Guys, let's raise enough money oh, on this gosh. show. Hey, don't let's, just skim, let's Don't just skim past that joke. He, let's let's do it. No, hold he, just, on. he just went right by it. No, dude. Your thought is not that. I mean, come on. I just made a really high-class joke. It was it was okay. Let's raise more funds for the show. Let's work harder. Oh, let's earn more money. And let's buy this $2,000 longer burger basket to have for in the studio. what? Just to own. Just to have it. My new goal is that, that is this, the, that's your worst my, idea today. That is your my, absolute what? worst idea. My new goal for this show is oh, to gosh. earn two thousand dollars so we can own this basket. I'm out. I'm out. 
A basket? Why? Whatever idea you come the up with to earn that money, gonna, I'm, I'm going to sabotage you. The basket's just going to sit in the corner yeah, and collect it'd be a dust. nice thing to have for the video stream. That's the, the dumbest, that's the worst idea you've had, and the fact that you tried to skim past my basket Eggs joke. One basket joke? To, to, to tell us that you want to get a $2,000 basket a lot of this makes is, me more you upset. You adamantly tried to fight against your corniness the other day only to make an eggs in one basket joke. That's not corny. That is funny. That's comedy. It was kind of corny. It could be both. Kind of corny. It could be funny the corniness, and very The corny. amount of corniness actually, I think, contributes to the comedy. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. You guys could learn a thing or two about comedic timing. Okay. By the way, the next time Rob Collins is going to show up, somehow he's going to show up with one of these longer burger he baskets. Is. He's going to bring all of them. You think he has one? For sure. For sure. His is shaped in t- as a Texas. Somehow they made it work where the basket's actually shaped like Texas. I don't know how that would work, but he, he definitely has that. All right. That's the trash of the day. Up next, we get right back into the Chiefs. During the Chiefs' red half hour, the format is all set. The path for the Chiefs, we break it down. Next. Is Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance? Gan Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot, trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider Vinny Pasquantino this football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload <laughs> of football tweets. <laughs> First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's it's go time. Six Ten Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome into the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold every day at eleven thirty on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour, brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all new. Greenway Ford. Reminder, coming up around 1245, we're heading out to Arrowhead. Going to hear from not only Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes. will be the only time they talk this week, bye week for the team. And, of course, next week they gear up for the divisional round at Arrowhead against a opponent to be determined. Uh, also, the text line very upset still with Cody. We'll get, <laughs> back, the to, get back to that a little bit later on in the, on the show. Literally just, Cody, stop trying to spend our money. If you want the basket, you buy it with your massive I'm salary. A $2,000 basket. That, I mean, that's talk about a dumb purchase. It doesn't get much dumber than that. $2,000 for a basket. Nuts. Seems kind of crazy. Do uh, some research. Yes, 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 it is. Don't I can't believe it. they still want you to pay shipping. That just seems... What, you think something's over a certain dollar amount should automatically be free shipping? <laughs> if it's $2,000 for a basket, if yeah. You're, here's, here's the thing, though. If you're spending, $60 to ship this thing. If you're spending two grand on a basket, that type of person's probably not stressing out about the shipping cost. That's fair. Right? <laughs> All right, let's talk to Chiefs football. Uh, as I mentioned, it is a bye week for the Chiefs now. But oh, I just very quickly, right, saw, right. I very quickly saw why it's $2,000. Okay. What they're asking for. <laughs> oh, it's because it has... The reason why is that it's a rare one, anyone, and it has all these rare patches, but also all the family signatures are on the reverse side of the basket. So it says, great for displaying. You know. Just put it up on a shelf and <laughs> on the video stream. Until your kid grabs it one day and starts <laughs> throwing their toys in it and colors it and ruins it. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, the Chiefs playoff chances. Well, just the thing we, why we, we're we, all we, really we, here today. We, for. Uh, we, we know the path now, right? We know the layout. It's set. No more speculating on who's going to be the seventh seed and you know where, where everything's going to end up. We, we know also that after all the changes the NFL made late last week, there's really only one that's in play still that affects the Chiefs, and it is if the Chiefs were to win the divisional round game and the Bills were to win their wild card and divisional round game, 
then an AFC title game with the Bills would be a neutral site. All the other stuff that got changed doesn't matter anymore. No, that's all out the window. Right? Don't so have to worry about a neutral site game against Cincinnati. If you play them, you're playing at home. If you want the Chiefs to host a title game, not only do they have to win their divisional round game, but they need the Bills to lose one of their next two games. It's it's that simple from a avoiding neutral site perspective. And I look at the path, like what stands out to me is, of course, what it seems like a likely third-time matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers at Arrowhead in the divisional round. It's no guarantee, but the Chargers are slight favorites, one and a half points on the road against the Jags, so it's pretty close to a coin flip type of game. And if the Chargers win, barring a Ravens or Dolphins upset of Cincinnati slash Buffalo, uh, the Chargers would be coming to Arrowhead for a second time this year, a third time overall that they would face off, and we know the first two matchups were extremely close. Like That seems really realistic at this point the scary part about this is yes you're right they're extremely close but you got to go back to that first matchup which was a million years ago I understand that the teams are not playing the same as they were then but they were on the doorstep of losing that game in the fourth quarter they were driving they were going down the field to go two scores up on the Chiefs and then Jalen Watson had that pick six to save the game like and I understand that they they got it they don't like they don't get the, the game robbed from them, but the Chiefs just definitively did not play well in that game. The second game they moved the ball at will against the Chargers. They were more the control team in that group, but it's just not the kind of team because the the joke out of the second one is the Chargers play like the preseason hype Chargers only when they play Kansas City because both these teams really since they played each other on November thirtieth. Their schedules have both been somewhat easy. Not like cakewalk or anything, but they both have played a lot of bad teams. The Chargers have taken on the Raiders and the Broncos and Seattle, playing at their worst. Houston and Denver, right? They played a lot of bad teams. They did play Cincinnati, who they lost to, but they, or, the, or no, I'm sorry, that's the Chiefs schedule. But they they played a, like a, the Chiefs, sorry, the Chiefs played an easy schedule, but so did on the opposite in the Chargers. Oh. Neither have had a good strength of schedule the rest of the way, but... I don't want them to face it. The thing that stands out to me is at least you don't have to. The one thing, the saving grace of all of this is you get a week off and you don't have to play Cincinnati or Buffalo both. You don't have to play both. Yeah. No matter how this thing goes down, all you got to do is beat one of those teams. I like those odds. Yeah, you truly, I'll take um, those chances. There's no guarantees, but you truly do have the easiest path. That's what you get as the number one seed. And by a and by a fair margin, I would argue. Yeah, and you mean if you're if you're Buffalo, you're likely to beat the Dolphins, your significant favorites, as they should be, because one, they're a better team, but also you, we, don't know the, we don't know the quarterback. We don't know if it's most likely it's going to be Skylar Thompson again. And so then if that happens, then you get a host Cincinnati, assuming Cincy beats the rate. I mean, that's an incredible path. They're going to have to go through Cincinnati and Kansas City to get to a Super Bowl, whereas the Chiefs are going to only have to go through Chargers slash Buffalo or and or, or not and, but or Cincinnati. Now, to your point about like how do these teams stacked up, the Chiefs were 6-2 and two against all the teams in the playoffs on the AFC side, though. Now, those two losses are to Cincinnati Dude. and Buffalo, but the Chiefs were six in, against the entire playoff field. The Chiefs 6-2, and two, the Bills 3-2, three and two, the Bengals 4-2, and two, the Jags were 500, they were 3-3, three and three, the Chargers were 1-5 against all these playoff teams, by the way, and then the Ravens were 1-5 against all these playoff teams. The Dolphins were 2-5. and five. It's not surprising because the Chargers have lost to pretty much every playoff, especially early in the year, and they lost to the Chiefs twice, so that's going to hurt their mm-hmm. record, and that's going to buoy the Chiefs' record, certainly, seeing how they're out of there. But like the, the thing that I can't get past on the Chargers, the reason why I'm not as fearful of them as others is I don't – I didn't trust their coach before, and then when I watch him make idiotic decisions like the ones last night, I trust him even less. 
Kansas City's path is, I think, easier by at least 30 or 40% than any other AFC team. Because look at everyone else's path. If you just go, like, go to seeding, how do you get through it? Because even if you don't go to, you know, like, even if uh, Baltimore gets the upset, if you're Kansas City, that's still so, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, you'd still probably take that versus Justin Herbert, a team who you've played close twice. You'd probably still take that over Cincinnati and Buffalo. That'd be like fourth on the list. You can't get your path, and you'd take Miami, certainly, even if, and I know there's a report today that Schefter said they're hopeful Tua will play. You'll take your chances. Even if there's a massive upset, you kind of like the way things go. Maybe even better if there's an upset. Like every other team is going to have to get through to get to the Super Bowl, at least two incredibly difficult opponents. In some teams' cases, three. In the Chargers or Jacksonville's case, it's three. They're going to have to face each other, then they're going to have to play the Chiefs, and then they're going to have to play Cincinnati or Buffalo. Because at this point, even if there's an upset, does anyone think it's not going to be either Cincinnati or Buffalo who ends up in the AFC title game? Like, if they're on the same side together, yeah. one of them's going through, right? Yeah, I, I understand the playoffs. It's great because there's always upsets, but it, those two teams, looking at who they're facing in the opening round, with the exception of Cincinnati, if Lamar suddenly was playing, I think that game suddenly becomes a lot more interesting. Otherwise, I, the Bills and Cincinnati, to me, are too good of teams and playing way too good of football. And my only thing with Buffalo, if Tua were to actually play, and I don't expect that is, like they, the Bills were riding all the emotion in this game yesterday. Incredible scene, opening kickoff, and yeah. obviously the great news with Demar Hamlin that continues to come out, and he's watching the game from his hotel or from his hospital bed. Excuse me, but when you look at the the next week, like are you still are you when, when does it catch up to you? I guess is that that'd be the only thing I could ever come up with a scenario where the Bills game against the Dolphins, Cody, is closer than we think. Is that all right? You were riding the adrenaline suddenly of of, of Sunday and everything that was going on. Is this the week, though, where you're like, you're, it wouldn't surprise you if the Bills got off to a slow start against the Dolphins, I guess is all I'm saying. Just because, like, are you mentally exhausted? This Does it catch up to you this week? Sure. You know? Against a, a more difficult opponent. I mean, I if Tua plays for sure, but I don't, like, just for his health, I don't know why you ever put Tua back on a field, even if he feels fine. Are you trying to ruin someone's life? Like that's he hadn't the even thing cleared with, by he hadn't, that's the thing he hadn't even cleared by the medical team yet. Talking about Tua, yeah, I know. I'm just like the Schefter report was on ESPN earlier yeah. today that he said they're hopeful that they could try to get him back on the field because they know that if they've got to start start Skylar Thompson, their odds are really low. And that's nothing against the K State product and actually local product, but it's yeah. just like it's they're stuck in an awkward situation where they know the best version of their team has been with this quarterback, but this quarterback has suffered. By their count, too, but by everyone else's three concussions this year. I understand that medically, from the insider's perspective, they've never admitted the other one, but you have to know that that's the case. I know this. When you look at the two playoff fields, one is significantly more daunting. Like, the Chiefs have the best playoff run out of the AFC teams, but you'd probably rather have five different paths on the NFC before you selected the Chiefs one. And that's in large part because of the quarterbacks. <laughs> you oh, at, yeah. I mean, on the AFC side, you're talking about Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. He's the Allen. oldest quarterback in the field. Yeah, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lawrence, and Herbert, maybe Lamar. So just a who's who of who got picked in the, the top other 12 side, of the NFL draft. It's a very old Tom Brady. It's Daniel Jones. It's Dak. It's Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, and Geno Smith. You know, I mean, just simply looking at that, it's clearly a different path. To it's the a bunch Super of guys who have accomplished nothing and one guy who's accomplished the world but is on one of the worst teams left in the field. No question. Now, here we are. It's the first week heading into the second week of 
of January and the playoff field is set. But uh, it wasn't, it seems like it was years ago, but we were up in St. Joe in August and we're trying to figure out, you know, how this team could get to a Super Bowl. What does it look like? And even the coaching staff had brought up you know, what, what that potentially would require for this team to get back to a Super Bowl. They're two wins away from getting back to a Super Bowl. And it wouldn't have stunned you then or the year before if we said, oh, well, Chris Jones is going to have to have a big year. Chris Jones now tied his career high in sacks, 15 and a half sacks. We also know, and this is how stats work, I get it, but we all saw the roughing the passer stuff and sacks being taken off the board. I mean, 15 and a half sacks, and he, 16 and earned, half and every, a fumble. he earned every single one of them. You yeah. could argue he should have 16 and a half or 17 based off of some, some questionable stuff. Joe Colon, who was a newcomer to this coaching staff this year, they brought him in, defensive line coach Chris Jones just said yesterday or two days ago that he's transformed his entire game because of Joe Colon. So I think Joe Colon deserves props. Listen to what Joe Colon said in August. This was inside the tent. You and I are up in St. Joe, and this is what he said about what the Chiefs have to do and what Chris Jones has to do in order to get to a Super Bowl. Our first goal always here is to hoist that Lombardi trophy, win the Lombardi trophy. And for us to get there and get the opportunity to do that, he has to have a career year. And that means not only in the, in the stats of sacking the quarterback, but knocking the run out. You know, and that's something that we've stressed with him, you know, him having his best year and not only him, but all of us in the room and myself as a coach and us as coaches. And that's what we're trying to get with Chris. And he's really working towards that. Uh, I know they're not in the Super Bowl yet. They got to win two more games, but mission accomplished in terms of what you're going to have to do. Uh, yeah, it's not just sacks, but he's career eye in sacks. Uh, he's disruptive as ever. Uh, you've gotten this entire defensive front now that we're fast forwarding to week 18, soon to be the playoffs entire defensive front that is going to finish what now, Cody? Top five in, in sacks? Top six or so in sacks this year? So they, they've done exactly what he said, that is required to have a chance. The big question for Chris Jones, and, and I think you might have been gone when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, for his sake, because he's been so damn good, get that one playoff sack, man. Get get that one Just playoff get it sack. Off so back. then it's done and it's over. Because they're, they're going to need this Chris Jones clearly in the playoffs. They're going to need what George Karloftis has become in the last six or seven games, which is a problem for other teams. Well, Chris, not just a problem. Chris Jones. Talking about Karloftis with a problem. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, Karloftis has been a complete mismatch. Chris Jones had six pressures of the quarterback himself in the Raiders game. Because it's only been accomplished like twice in the last four years in the NFL. Like it's, he was in a standalone category all by his lonesome the other day. And the 15 and a half sacks, like you said, there was times earlier in the season when he looked dominant and the sack numbers just weren't there. Karloftis has outlived the expectation. But in a way, he's right. He absolutely is right. Chris Jones has to be a dominant force in the postseason because the best players have to play their best at the best time. The reason why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is they spent a first-round pick and $100 million on a defensive end. When the playoffs kicked around, Frank Clark Playoff dominated. Frank. Playoff Frank. Yeah. I, he, that, that nickname's dead. He's so bad. No, but that's what he was that's that year. Too. You're yes. talking about what he was then. No, he's, that nickname is not dead. Remind that's me, Cody. Where did, remind Playoff me, Cody. Frank. Where does he rank in NFL history in postseason sacks? Third. Second or third? Not yet, but he's got a chance, man. He's he top is, five. He's got a so, chance. So, Playoff Frank will never die. He will always be playoff Frank. So weird. That, the fact that he's that high is so weird still. It's so confusing. Stop trying to rewrite history, you know? I'm not trying to rewrite history. But when you look at, like, Chris Jones' season this year, there'd be no excuse not to be good. I don't care if they quadruple team you in a playoff game. <laughs> 
what do you think? Teams haven't been focused on you all year. You're the team's best defensive player by a mile. Aaron Donald gets tripled teams sometimes. He still gets through. That's the level of dominance Chris Jones has been this year. He is an all-pro. When you're an all-pro, there's no excuse for they just gave me fits. It's we need a sack now. We need a sack in the postseason, maybe in a big moment, because he's closed out any number of games this year. We've counted them up. Not only for him do I hope he gets one, just so that he doesn't have to hear and and deal with, like, hey, why, you know, you're not getting these sacks. But the Chiefs, of course, need him to have playoff sacks for the first time in his career. Um, but I, I'm, sh- I'm sure it would be a huge weight lifted off his shoulders if he can get that first playoff sack in a divisional round game. And, yeah, of course, it would help the Chiefs win, win a football game, most importantly. But it is pretty wild that uh, whether it's on the flip side of what Frank's done in the postseason versus uh, you know what, what Chris hasn't done, but also we all know Chris Jones is one of the best players in football, and he's playing like it, and he is going to get a massive payday this offseason, which will be another offseason conversation. But he he's earned every penny that he's about to get from the Chiefs or somebody in the offseason I'm sure we'll have this conversation again as you said in the offseason a little bit more but any notion of they let go of Tyree Kill so they can afford to let go of Chris Jones let me just be very clear Patrick Mahomes doesn't play on the defense those aren't the same the reason why you can let Tyree Kill go and still be the number one offense in the NFL is you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid and you have Travis Kelsey you want to list off that trio for the defensive side what is it? What are the three? So it's because you have Spags and Legarius Sneed and George Karloftis. I don't think that's got the same ring. Even if you think those are good players and good coaches, there's a reason why one side of the football can afford to let go of a $25 million player and the other side of the football should absolutely pay what the price is for Chris Jones. He is on a Hall of Fame path for an interior defensive lineman. It's early I don't know that he's not a lock. There's none of that. Oh, no, no, no. But he's yeah. on the early yeah. pathway of a guy who could be that level of talent. Mm-hmm. He's an all-pro interior defensive lineman. Don't let those guys go. That'd be crazy. He is going to get a ton of money, whether it's from Kansas City or yeah. someone else. I mean, and he's going to—he's deservedly so. I mean, this is if you produce like this and you're under thirty and your contract's about up. This is why this is how it works in the NFL. So that'll be. Uh, a very interesting offseason conversation. I do think whether the Chiefs win the Super Bowl or not actually does factor into what they decide. Like I, we've talked, we talk all the time about: is it easier to let go of somebody? I think it's always easier to win? let them go if you win. C- correct. So yeah. look, I, hopefully that's a conversation we have to have to have, which is they're coming off a Super Bowl win, and not just and, let go of Juju <laughs> or somebody else, not Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah, there's other wow. players that'll be like easy to let go of if you win a Super well, Bowl. Don't have to be Chris Jones, right? I mean, you mentioned Snead. Like Snead's another guy that's going to probably have to be taken care that's of easier this, than Chris this, this offseason. Juju, the decision will have to be made there. He's a free, oh, he's a free agent. McCole Hartman on a smaller scale is a free agent. Uh, there, yeah, there's there's smaller deals. Orlando Brown Jr. Hello, his future. Uh, are you tagging him again? Are you trading him? Are you giving him somewhat of a deal that he wants? All that stuff is off 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 season stuff, but there are plenty of questions that that certainly will have to be answered as well. Uh, the one thing that was noticeable on Saturday, though, out in uh, Las Vegas, was that the Chiefs just continue to take over road divisional stadiums, and that the the Raiders thing is not unique to the Chiefs. In fairness, like every road team, yeah. But that was Arrowhead West. If there was ever an Arrowhead West out at Allegiant stadium. That was nuts, man. Anytime they would cut to a replay. And so you kind of saw the, you know, the, the, the first, what, 15 rows, 20 rows of the seats in the background. It was nothing but red, nothing but red. And yet you have a quote coming out before the game from Mark Davis that he's like upset that there's more opposing fans at their games than they used to have when they were in Oakland. Um, that's how this works. You moved away from your core fan base 
to the entertainment capital of the world, man. What An easy think? place for everyone to get to. <laughs> like, what did you think? I like was the notion happen? of like, I don't understand why more of our fans don't show up. Well, they don't live in this city, Mark. They live in a different city. Hell, they live in two different cities that aren't this one, right? They live in LA or they live in Oakland. They don't live in Vegas. That's already warm weather. You don't even get the transplant part of this, right? We're like, there are a bunch of Chicago Cubs fans in Arizona because they don't want to live in Chicago in the winter anymore. You don't even get that version of it. They already live in warm weather where they cheered for that team. But it's also the way I was thinking about it, which I think is a really, really good way is Kansas City because of this, because of the way the Chargers have set themselves up to fail in that department and the Raiders have set themselves up to fail in that department. The Chiefs get de facto 10 to 11 home games a year. 10 to 11. They are clearly not uncomfortable in any way playing in Vegas and L.A. Those might as well be home games. And depending on the year, if you get nine or eight home games, and we know next year they're going to end up in Germany for one of their home games, so they'll have 10 home games Yeah, that again. Lions or Bears game next year sure seems like it's the Germany game. I agree, but it's. I was asking that question, I think, last night on Twitter because you're like, well, they got nine home games, and you know the teams are playing. One of them is going to be in Germany. Which one is it going to be? But when you look at... When you look at it, I mean, they really do kind of get 10 home games. No one has that kind of advantage in the NFL. Like, there's other teams in this division who kind of get it, but because the Chiefs are so good, they clearly are home games. If Denver was better, maybe that one in Vegas would be a definitive home game. Instead, it's just like, oh, we have a lot of fans here. Kansas City traveled. They felt like they had 70% of that stadium yesterday, right? Like, it wasn't just like, oh, they had a lot. They had the whole damn stadium to I mean, themselves that's every year that's going to be a destination trip for Chiefs fans going out to vegas these are people that were there they didn't just suddenly decide to go two weeks ago that was some people booked out six plus eight months in advance they were like i want a trip to vegas over the weekend and i get to go see my team uh, so that that's going to be a trip it's by the way an expensive ticket it's nuts like the pricing for games for for uh for raiders and chiefs games or raiders games in general like bad seats even What's are a fortune price? i want to well for a regular Raiders game, not against the Chiefs. I want to say even the crappy seats were like 250 or 300 for regular, regular season football. And that, that's the low end. That's like the low, low end uh, before fees on StubHub. I don't know what they were actually for, for Saturday's game. And this is with, like, imagine if the Raiders ever were somewhat good and what the prices would be. They're not even, like... It's they just, were bad this year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely uh, a possibility maybe for the neutral site to be there. I know Mark Davis reportedly has said he's offered up Allegiant Stadium if the Chiefs are going to play in that neutral site uh, game or if the neutral site game is required that he would offer up his stadium. So man who's not going to turn, turn down some money. He needs it (laughs) by NFL owner standards. He needs it. If that makes sense. But that does matter because he is an NFL owner. The fact that he can't afford to pay people certain prices or cut people certain prices because he simply can't afford to hand out the cash. That would be scary to me if I were working (laughs) for him in any regard. Because all these other owners don't seem to have any problems. That Arizona just gave extensions and let go of their coach and general manager. But having that kind of advantage in your division is why they were 6-0. and The entire AFC West spent like 700, including Russell Wilson, spent like $750 million in free agency and contract extensions this year to try to catch Kansas City and went 0-4-6. They didn't even get a single one against them. And the Broncos and the Raiders never really got part- – like, I know those games are good, but it's like, again, 0-6, just no chance? And you're going to let them have two extra home games a year in your stadiums? Yeah, it's probably going to be a little hard to take the AFC West from the Chiefs. As we know, Mahomes still has not lost a road divisional game. And I can't believe that's going to continue into year six. It's, it's going to, and 
mean, who's betting against it not continuing at this point? Because we just laid out some, not only are the Chiefs the Chiefs, I mean, but uh, looking at the the L.A. crowds. Go out, like, SoFi Stadium's another stadium that I think Chiefs fans circle to have, if they've never been, to go out to L.A. for a Chiefs game. And that's the problem that both those, whether they're playing the Chiefs or not, this is a, a problem that's not going away, by the way, for either the Raiders or the Chargers. Like, take the Chiefs out of this, the picture. Like, road fans look at an opportunity to go to Vegas, an opportunity to go to L.A. That's gonna no matter who you are. That's a destination trip. This is what happens yeah, when you move like, your team away from your core fan base. Like, what do you expect? I mean, they had to know that that was part of like the study they did before moving their team. But I don't know. Seems like sometimes they don't realize how hard it's going to be to transfer a fan base. But if all of a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs were playing in Texas, it wouldn't be all that. I mean, I'm not saying that people yeah. wouldn't go down, but it'd be a lot harder to fill a stadium full of Chiefs fans. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending the latest, the coaching carousel. A couple uh, coaches have been fired already. What's the latest with that? And looking at how the seating and the changes from the NFL played out, now do we actually think it's an advantage or not? Next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 